Welcome to the Pursuit of Wealth, where the H is surrounded by abundance. And today we are bringing to you episode two of our four-part miniseries. So we hope that you saw yesterday our first of the miniseries that was posted yesterday in a probably six-minute video. And I'm surprised it was six minutes too, believe me. But today we're going to be a little bit more in-depth. Today we are talking about protein. What is it? Why do we need it? And what happens when we don't have enough? What happens when we're out of balance with protein? So this is going to be a, a pretty in-depth topic. So why don't you get your protein and sit down and join us? Johnny, did you want to start us off here with what, what is it? Why do we need it? Protein, protein, protein. It. Good morning. Yeah. Good Actually, morning. Actually, good evening. Good evening. Good evening to me. That's right. So everyone, get your protein bums, sit down, get a box of popcorn, and let's get into it. So I want to start with a story of how ignorant I was, how unknowing I was in the importance of protein. And this was about, I'd say, as early as four, five, six years ago. Protein for me was always the most expensive food to buy. I would walk into the grocery store, I'd walk by the canned foods, the boxed foods, start going to the frozen aisles, I would be fine with the frozen vegetables, the frozen fruits, but then further back, I would see the meats. And I would look, I didn't have much money at the time, I was only a university student, then later I was working in nonprofit. I was watching this and I was looking at the price of meat, $15 per pound on some of these. Salmon was so far out of my range. Um, shrimp, $17 per package. For me, I felt defeated. I felt there was nothing else to do. So what did I do? I sacrificed my health. We'll get into that in a second. But what sources of protein did I actually buy? Well, what I could afford. So tuna, a lot of tuna cans were coming my way. Tuna sandwiches, tuna salads, um, frozen fish that you would get, uh, fish fillets, I'll be honest. I never cared for them. And then going to the deli meats that were in the package or the sausages. I knew that protein was important and that was what I could have. So if anyone is listening now and you're at that state, I get it. I know. We come to that question in cost. The bigger question that we ask is, what is the cost of your health? And how does protein really play a role in that? Well, protein affects so many things that Margaret will get into, such things as repairing your DNA, detoxifying. It allows for building up um, certain things that have been broken down to repair. DNA, sorry, protein, when broken down, you get your essential amino acids. Now, we can make some, which is, are incredible, but there are some essential amino acids that our body just can't produce. And without those, we are not as functional without them. We might feel tired. We might not recover as fast. We might feel bloated. We might not be able to digest as well. So, if you ever see on a package of protein powder, BCAAs, those are your essential amino acids that you have. Of course, everything is quality based and there's different weight to be put on these. 
So some of the best sources of protein that we can get are things in my mature mind now, what we can get are going to better chicken sources. If you want to find a local farmer, you can, but if you don't have access to that, then just be more aware in what the source of chicken is from without all the hormones, without all the additives um, and the flavorings that are being put in there. Growth hormones um, that are put in chicken, beef, pork, it's not good for our bodies and it does more harm than good even though they might be cheaper. Again, we come back to what is the cost of your health? So such things as eggs, farm-raised eggs, mushrooms, um, fish, shrimp, clean meats. You might see non-GMO, which is great, and that works for some, but also know the source that you're getting it from. If you want to go to a health food store, if you can only go to a supermarket as well too. Um, right now, there's a lot of a lot of variety, but to be more mindful with where you get those is uh, the sources. And I'd like to say for all of you vegetarians out there where I'm talking about meat and you just, it's not a part of your diet. Well, there are other sources such as beans, lentils, legumes, um, peas. And if you can't get any of those, then what we'll talk about in another future uh, mini-series will be clean protein powders. But enough for that. Again, be mindful with where you get those sources. So what you're saying is pay attention to protein in general, but also where it might be sourced from. Yep. But at the end of the day, Johnny, right. would you suggest that if there was a, a very, you know, for, for various reasons, there was a budget constraint, would you say that still getting the chicken fresh mm. from the back of the grocery store would make more sense over and above maybe getting stuff from the frozen food aisle or um, like cans of tuna fish and, and things like that? It really depends if I may. Knowing what uh, I know now, absolutely. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it really go, depends yeah, on uh, it. <laughs> it depends on on what you're, you know, if it's a because sometimes you're gonna find really good stuff on the frozen aisle. It really depends on the ingredients because if it's full of added mm. other stuff, I would definitely say go for the chicken that's not mm. organic necessarily, right? Because it's, it's always gonna be more natural than the frozen. Uh, turkey pa patty that's filled with sugar and right. you no know, cornstarch and bad oils and all that stuff than the fresh chicken that's not necessarily organic. So it really comes to a decision. And the tuna, I personally, I love the tuna. Yeah. So, and I consume it at least tw twice or <laughs> three times a week. Um, so definitely just with with the tuna my only input would be be careful about the mercury but if you go with um what's it it's the uh there's a there's a, wild planet go, yeah well wild there's planet. One type of the uh, the tuna that's the smaller the tuna it is the smaller amount of mercury it has so it's mm -hmm. it's a particular there are better sources of it so if if i've not really considered protein to any degree, right? I go to the grocery store, I do my shopping. That's just what it is. Kind of like Johnny, right? 
perhaps then it comes to the conversation of just be a little bit more mindful of what you're purchasing over and above the actual quality, right? So there's there's probably a little bit of a steps here that we can take to better fortify our nutrition, right? But if somebody's not even there yet, right? Like so so post Johnny or pre Johnny, you know, to have this conversation, he might go like, well, I have tuna fish, right? So it's it's sort of baby steps and, and sort of where are you in your journey? <laughs> and and then let's just make small incremental changes, right? Because okay. naturally, if we say go buy organic chicken, that's a considerable difference versus, right? Maybe, okay, I don't even really buy chicken. I buy it can be chicken. scary. So when yeah, let's move- just start with regular chicken, right? Let's just start with regular eggs. And so there's a progression there. And that's the only thing I wanted to highlight because sometimes this can seem a little bit scary or a little bit like, whoa, I don't even know where to start, right? Yeah, You don't have to go from zero to a hundred in one fell swoop. No, then, certainly just, not. Just to reconfirm what everybody else has said, my doctor used to tell me, if you have to make a choice between organic vegetables or organic protein, Go with organic protein and non-farmed fish, wild fish, because the organic vegetables might have a dose or two of pesticides or whatever on them, but we are eating what the animal ate. Mm -hmm. And so start where you are. It's fine. And if you start with the tuna, if you start with the frozen chicken fillets that don't have anything added to them, except maybe a little bit of salt, that's great. It's a great place to start. And as you get further in your journey, just take into account, like everyone said, just where is it coming from and what has it eaten because we're eating that too right and as you can and when you can afford it then start making better choices the other thing is when you're eating whole foods instead of getting that from a a supplemental source like protein powders you're going to be more satisfied with less Mm -hmm. because it's more filling and your body is going to process it better more effectively than And our bodies know what to do with it, right? But, you know, in in being sensitive to our listeners who might um, partake in a more vegetarian diet or a um, uh, vegan diet, right? So there are other sources. Yes, we are largely talking about, uh, you know, poultry and meat and things like that. But we understand that it might not be in your diet or that might not be what you want. And that's okay because there are other ways to satisfy your protein needs for each individual, regardless of how you get it. And so we are sensitive to that as well. Sure. Correct. So Margaret. And in being mindful with the vegetarian sources, um, because the plant-based proteins are extremely well beneficial. Two things to keep in mind. As you're eating a vegetarian source, make sure that while you're eating it, you're getting all of those essential amino acids. Um, Because such things as beans only have uh, three or four of those essential, but you're still missing out on a part. So if a large part of your diet might be only beans or only lentils, only legumes, Start to combine those where you can get more of a full profile of your amino acids. Yeah. So what you're talking about truly, right? So if you you can get your protein from other sources, but you just have to be a little bit more mindful of it. So if you don't eat meat, if you don't eat poultry, then you want to understand the more of the protein profile of it to again to make sure you are getting those essential um, the amino acids to the tune of you can have quinoa that has some, you know, amino acids, you can have beans that has some amino acids, but perhaps together now you have the complete profile, right? right. So it's more just about marrying your proteins to ensure that you have the complete 
amino acid profile, right? Because that's really what we're talking about. While protein is the name, it's really about the amino acids. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's building yes. blocks. Such as right. beans and legumes or nuts and legumes. Um, when combined for them, it creates just a, a fuller profile. So Right. And that, so it's just something to be mindful, right? Yeah. And, and now, Margaret, perhaps you can take us through, you know, why do we, why are we even talking about this? Why do we need it? Yeah. Well, I'm going to rewind to the essential amino acids and why do we need them and why do we, we need, as you were saying right now, to be mindful of what we're putting into our bodies. And the basic thing is to understand that the, without, we can't survive with those essential amino acids. Our bodies can't do it. Um, they can thrive. Yeah. So uh, the protein basically is essential for building bones and tissue. Obviously, everyone knows muscle. <laughs> but just by consuming a protein, it doesn't mean you're going to become a bodybuilder. What? We are, we are built out of bones, tissues, and muscle. So if you're not consuming enough protein, you're going to have, you're going to start having some deficiencies and this can become a serious problem later on with our lives. Um, and so Margaret, I just want to, I just want to revisit that just real quick, because I've heard this a lot through, through my work and I'm sure that you all have too. So eating an abundance of protein does not equal huge muscles. It does not actually so your body will discard the excess of protein that you consume. So there is not, there is no such thing as eating too much protein because your body will absorb everything that needs for, for, you know, for uh, survival. And then everything that's extra, it will just discard it. Right. So when you see, when you see like a bodybuilder, right? And they have very chiseled muscles and things like that. And you might look at their diet and see that, wow, that's a really a lot of protein, but they're not eating that amount of protein to get bigger. They're eating that amount of protein to keep what they've established and to nourish what they've established. Correct. Because that was my second part of my explanation Sorry. of why it's important. No, no, it's okay. Um, it's very important because the, what we eat, in this case, we're talking about protein, we put it into our bodies and it actually helps um, build cells. And by building cells, it helps um, repair cells. By repair, those guys that you see at the gym doing all those heavy weights are actually tearing those muscle tissues. And by consuming protein, you are repairing that not it's not called it's not necessarily a damage that you've done to your body but the but the muscle is With stress yeah under stress so the protein that you're consuming and that's why in in a in a bodybuilder's diet is so important to consume that amount of protein it's because you need to repair what you've been working on and even though if you're not a bodybuilder you are by walking by sitting down by you know doing the garden stuff you are using muscle for anything that we do so you also need to repair not in the same amount as a bodybuilder but your body by the single act of moving and walking and doing stuff living you are putting your body under certain amount of stress and your body needs to get repaired 
And it's not only for the uh, cellular repair, but you know, it forms a body cells. It also, obviously it's a, a source of, pro of energy. And one of the most important things now with the coronavirus thing going on, it helps actually create an immune system. So it is very, very, very important. And it's, it's sad to actually realize how people undermine protein in every single meal. It's like we would sit down and you would actually look around at people's plate and you will always find a deficiency in protein because I think we don't actually understand how essential and important it is. Um, I can definitely say this for uh, for some for some meats, but it also it also provides those mini sorry those micro uh, nutrients like you know you get iron from a big like a piece of steak you get all those essential vitamins that your body needs for your immune system and and your uh, you know for just essential living so it's very important to be mindful of your consumption. Yeah, and I, I read, um, just recently I read that there was a study done in, in people who had suffered from COVID, the people who were, of course this isn't like the law, but the study showed interesting information and in that people who, were, who had more serious cases of COVID tended to have lower protein intakes. So what we're saying is, Protein is wildly important in our diet and not just if you lift weights or, or, you know, exercise or CrossFit, it's important for everyone at every stage of their life. I mean, we can look at kids, right? And let's, let's take a minute to look at what a typical diet might look like for a child who also needs an abundance of protein, right? And it's very easy and very accessible to give your child lots of carbohydrates, right? Because they're easily packaged, they taste good, and they're quick. But your child needs more than that also, right? And so do we, as we age, I mean, there's not a point in your life where you can neglect or should neglect your protein intake because it matters so greatly down to a cellular level right? Yeah. And, you know, I was talking about this the other day. I was, I was doing a, um, a workshop and it came up, well, carbohydrates are just so delicious. And I'm like, yeah, of course they are. They're delicious. And I agree with you. And I love them too. But if you take it, it it's not a mistake, right? If you walk into a grocery store, the first thing that you're going to see is probably produce, right? Then in the back wall, you'll find your proteins of, of various kinds, you know, whether it's the it's the meat section, you know, there's probably the dairy section, which also has a whole host of proteins, right? Cheeses and things like that. But then the rest of the store, like we're talking 18 to 20 aisles, what is it that you're finding? Largely carbohydrates. So it's not a mistake that you might not be getting your protein, right? So this is just more just about awareness. Look down at your plate. Does it have a protein? You know, you just look down. You have, if you have three meals a day, then you have three opportunities to eat your protein. If you have two meals a day, then you have two opportunities to eat your protein. You know, I always say you should have a protein with each of your meals. And, and we don't have to get into sizes or things like that. It's just about being mindful and saying, oh yeah, okay, I have a protein. Okay, I'm great. Because you're going to do better than if you only eat it two times and then for breakfast you don't. You know, you're going to be getting more protein. I posted something in a group, and, and this is also something that I think is important. 
Protein seems to be one of those where it's like, well, I'm going to ask my friend how much protein they get, right? Or you go to a CrossFit gym and everyone is slugging protein drinks because that's what you think that you should do. Okay. That's not always the case. It's a very personal thing for everybody. But what I can tell you is I posted in a group. I said, I'm having a hard time getting protein and I'm trying to figure out through medical stuff, whatever. Okay. I'm looking for other options. And I had 73 comments and a third of them told me, you do not need as much protein as you think you do. You can live off of 40 grams a day, let's just say. Oh and I said to myself, this is why this is so hard. Now, I would never start any sort of quarrel on Facebook. I simply said, thank you very much for the information. But that's a problem because first of all, that person on the other end of that computer has no idea how tall I am, has no idea how much I weigh has no idea where I am in my life, has no idea of my movement, what I do in a day. And for someone just to sit there and say, you need 40 grams of protein and that's it. And it was a third of the people that said, you don't need as much protein as you think that you do. I hear you. It's a very large topic and it's very hard when we hear all of this outside stuff. So while we're not gonna tell you how much protein you should have in a day, we're just telling you to be more mindful of it because there is no magic number. It's a very personal thing. And especially on Facebook, if somebody's telling you, you know, there's a whole world of nutrition coaches out there and things like that, that can really help you narrow that down. Well, this is not the conversation for that. I just wanted to highlight that because it can be so confusing and we're just here to make it hopefully 1% less confusing. If not more than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's the other there's the other side of the spectrum That's that right. says just just use protein powders. Mm. Right. Really, foods are your main source of any nutrient. Supplements are supplementary to a healthy diet. And and so that being said, Julie, why don't you talk a little bit more, if you don't mind, about what happens when they are not in balance, when we don't have enough protein or what have you. Sure. And it, it's interesting because I'll, I'll tell a personal story as well. I, in January, I decided to do um, a nutrition challenge and I signed up for it with a coach. And we broke down based on um, many different factors, including age, biological sex, activity level, um, you know, etc. Um, how much protein each, how many of the different macronutrients, but we're focused on protein. I was getting closer to that 40 grams of protein a day, thinking I was eating a lot more. And one of the things I realized was that some of my protein sources were not actually as protein dense as I thought, like yogurt, like quinoa, like beans and legumes, because they do have some protein, but they aren't this protein superstars like the animal products are. And again, for people on a vegetarian diet who don't eat any animal products, it is absolutely possible to do it in a healthy way, but you have to plan it to get all the essential amino acids because it's not simple. But anyway, I started, I actually more than doubled my protein intake during that challenge, almost tripled it. I was amazed at the difference in my energy levels, in my skin, in how quickly my hair and nails started to grow. I felt like a completely different person and all of a sudden I had the ex energy to do some heavier workouts that I had been struggling with. And I'm a nutrition coach, I know this stuff. 
But what I actually had on my plate was a lot different from what I thought I had on my plate until I actually wrote it down to have a look at it. So my protein was way out of balance. What happens when that happens is you end up with hormone imbalances, which can affect every function in your body. You can end up with edema or swelling, like bloated belly, bloated feet and hands and legs. And while it's not the only cause of edema, it's a common cause of edema. Um, feelings of weakness and fatigue, because of course, if you don't get enough protein, you may get some muscle wasting um, because you're not feeding your body what it needs. Our neurotransmitters are made up of amino acids, and so it affects our brain function and our mood. A lot of people who suffer from depression might be well um, advised to try increasing their protein intake a little bit and see if that helps. Same with aggression or anxiety. Our nails and hair and skin are comprised of keratin, elastin, and collagen, which are different proteins. And so dry, brittle hair, ridges in your nails, um, dry, flaky skin are all symptoms of protein deficiency. And while we're on that topic of collagen protein, I'm, I know it's a really popular thing now. Everybody's putting collagen protein powder in their coffee or having it as a supplement. It is still, it's a good source of some protein, some amino acids, but it is not in itself a complete protein profile. So if you're having collagen protein, that's a great addition to your other protein sources. Anybody else want to say anything about that? Well, again, when we go to the marketing, right, it, it's it's what they call like a beautiful protein source, right? They, they it's it, it will see in the aisle beauty and then there's the collagen protein. It's target it's in like the in with the lotions and things like that there's collagen protein right that's a marketing thing right now we're not saying have collagen don't have collagen what we're saying is it's going to be marketed in a different way right but it is not the end-all be-all to protein right we need protein we need it for every function of our body and i can attest to what julie's saying because you did that in january and you were full of life yeah. you know and it's just from changing that one thing just from changing that one thing and just adding a little bit more. So again, this isn't a conversation about how much protein you should or shouldn't have. It's more of a conversation of how much are you getting? Where are you getting it from? And could it be better? Right? And start starting where you are, understanding how much you really are getting. You know, that cheese is more fat than protein. So if you're having cheese or nuts as your main protein source, you're missing out on some really important nutrients. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, um, you know, I've heard in a lot of conversations too, and I know for myself, this becomes very true. I find protein to be far more satiating than any of the other macronutrients. Some can say fat, some can say carbohydrates, but for me, very personally, I find it to be far more satiating. To the tune, I actually notice when I don't have enough protein. I, I wouldn't notice if I don't have enough fat. I, I wouldn't notice if I don't have enough carbohydrates, but protein specifically. There was last week, I think it was, I had done a lot of activity and I was like, oh my goodness, I need protein. I literally stopped what I was doing and went and made chicken because I, ju I just ate the chicken. I just needed the protein. Like I'm, but again, that comes to me just being a little bit more aware of my body and my needs. But it became this like emergent, like, oh my goodness, I, I did not have enough protein today. I need to have protein. You're starting I think to listen, you're starting to, to sound like me. I, I know. Well, Margaret, <laughs> you're rubbing off I, on me. 
you know, when I, when I did that, um, that work with the coach in January and I increased my protein intake, all of my cravings, again, this isn't going to happen to everybody, but all of my cravings went away. Yeah. I wasn't craving sugar. I wasn't wanting snacks. I wasn't craving popcorn or salty things that I normally crave. Well, and your body's going to know more what to do with the protein, right? And, and, and again, we're not talking about the supplements. And, you know, I run into this a lot with the kids again, right? So let's just say for dinner, you have your favorite um, pizza. Who here doesn't like pizza, right? What does pizza generally not have? Protein. Protein. And you might have that all for dinner. You might even have a salad and that's great, but you're probably missing the protein, right? You might have pasta. That's great. Where's your protein? You know? So it's more of a conversation of just look down at your plate and what are you missing? Have the protein, right? Even if you, if you have a pizza, have the pizza, you don't want to put the protein on it, then have protein on the side, right? Mm. There's no rules here. It's just about getting your protein. And I think another conversation I just wanted to bring up um, is with, again, with the kids, right? Especially if you have younger athletes, they're going to have larger requirements. But again, this comes to whole foods. Our bodies know what to do with whole foods. I am in a lot of different groups with a lot of athletes and they are um, swapping what protein powder is the best. At that age, it's just about whole foods. You know, don't swap your whole foods for a supplement. Supplements have their place, but it's not an everyday type of situation right? Especially when it comes to this protein, you can get your protein from a lot of other sources. And it's especially important when it comes to the kids, do not reach for that protein powder before you've reached the produce aisle or do you know what I mean? Like gone through the grocery store and find ways to satisfy that need away from perhaps the supplements. And, I, and that's an interesting point that you bring up because one of the things that I have found not only in my research but also in my personal experience and my experience with clients, age matters when it comes to protein. Children's bodies are developing their, their bones and their muscles and their hormone system. Everything is developing and it's really important that they develop properly. The only thing they have to develop those with is what they eat right. and, and what they drink. And when we get older, some of the research shows that, especially after 55, protein intake tends to decrease. And that's a problem for, for people in their mid-50s and beyond. That's me, thank you. Because the muscles that support your posture, your spinal column, you know, all of the nerves and neurotransmitters, those all rely on protein. And when we get older, we tend to not have so much appetite. We tend to eat more starchy foods. We tend to skip the protein. And it's essential for maintaining health as we age. Not that it isn't important in between those two ends of the spectrum. It's very right. important, but for different reasons. Right. And, 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 you know, your life dictates a large part of that need also, right? In, in terms of how sedentary are you versus right. how much do you actually move, right? And I think that that's why we think of you know, people who are in the gym need more protein and you don't want to look like them because of that. Well, they need it because they're trying to support their muscles in a different way because they're taxing them in a different way. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have it either. And it doesn't mean that, you know, if you eat a bunch of chicken, you should go lift a bunch of weights. That's not, that's not the conversation. It's just about getting that protein from the sources, right? And it doesn't even have to be one. We live in a, in a world where there is 
so many protein choices. It's not, you know, the animal in the fields or, or whatever that may be. I mean, there's, there's an abundance of protein sources out there. It's up to you to find them and get them. Yeah. And we're here to help. Now, going on uh, just about the last part of our conversation, um, some things that have come up is what if you cannot digest protein well? When you eat it, you're eating it, you're enjoying it, but once you start metabolizing it, there's a lot of pain. You might have to go to the bathroom or you might be constipated. Um, there just might be a lot of pain. What might that mean? What might be some causes? And before we answer, I would like to say, um, if you do notice any discomfort when eating protein, please talk to your nutritionist, your medical doctor. Um, if you're eating collagen protein and that is completely discomforting to you, don't say to yourself, I need this because it's protein or any source. Listen to your body first and foremost. With that said, what if we cannot digest protein nicely? Well, a big part of that comes from the gut. Mm -hmm. And I think the first thing we have to do is look at gut health. Mm -hmm. You have a pro probiotic in your diet or fermented foods. Do you eat a lot of fiber? Do you drink enough water? A lot of times people are taking these acid inhibitors because they have gastric, um, what is it called? GERD. Reflux. Yeah. Right, GERD. What that is a result of usually is not enough stomach acid. So we take the acid inhibitors and make the problem worse and worse and worse. What we need is help with the stomach acid. Um, so digestive enzymes can help with that. There are different kinds of acid supplements that you can take. But again, you need to work with a professional to decide if that's right for you. But digestive enzymes can help a lot. The healing the gut, focusing on the gut, and trying different forms of protein. Because not every form of protein is going to be as taxing on your body. And different so, ways of, of, of getting it too, right? You might not be able to have, you know, um, whatever, maybe hamburg, you know, in a hamburger, but you might be able to do it in a various, right? There, there's, there's multiple ways to try, you know, different foods. You could look at an egg, right? Maybe, maybe a hard boiled egg is more digestible for you than a scrambled egg. You know what I mean? I mean, these are pretty nuanced, but there are ways around, you know, the different food sources, just to, to make sure that you are, again, getting that protein, you know, look at your meals, see how often you're getting it. Yeah. And also coming back to the eggs, they, it might be causing you inflammation and, you know, you got to look at that map uh, for the foods that might be causing you allergies or discomfort. Right. There is a, a whole other source that can just provide the same benefit without being inflammatory or causing you discomfort or you know and and you might digest well chicken but then the fat in the ground beef might be just killing you so right. you just gotta i feel it's like a trial and error and and then you're just gonna find and, your sweet spot and for sure because i think the you know you can't just eat whatever you want, right? Yeah. And we may think that that is true, but our bodies are going to tell us no. And and every one of us has food restrictions. Do you know what they are? And if you don't, 
your body's probably trying to tell you in various ways and you just have to listen to that because again you have you know you walk into a grocery store i'm guaranteeing that every person that's going to listen to this you cannot just have whatever you want your body is going to say mm -mm, whoa 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 we don't like this or we can't have this or this doesn't feel right for us so again it is it can be so confusing and so <laughs> you know all over the place but but that's a very large conversation to pay attention to and i implore each of our listeners to after you've watch this, of course, because now we're getting towards the end. Just focus for the next day, for the next two days, and just see how much protein you're eating without trying, right? We're not saying go to the store and buy up all the chicken and the tuna fish and the beans and, and the whatever, whatever. But just take notice, right? Because it's all about noticing. Take notice of your food for the day and see where the protein is. Yes. See where it lies, not paying attention to numbers, but just look, just become a little bit more aware. After you do that for a day or two, you might notice, wow, they're right. I'm actually not getting, there's no way I could be getting enough protein. Okay. Now try to just fill in with more protein. Because again, if you're only getting 25 grams of protein, let's say, and you want to get 75, probably don't want to do that tomorrow because your body's going to react to that right? Yep. You know, if you're trying to get a hundred grams or whatever it may be, I'm not, these are not prescriptions. It, it's just a, a conversation here. You know, you, to get from one point to the, to the next, it's not just poof, right through, you know, and it's the same thing. If I said, exactly. If I said, okay, everyone should drink a gallon of water and you drink six ounces. And now I'm going to tell you to drink 128. There's no way you're going to be able to do that. You're going to kill your body for even trying. Right. Yeah. So, so again, just take notice and then try to find different ways to get more protein on your plate, right? Because it can happen. And again, protein is one of the hardest ones I think to find in, in reality, especially when you're hungry. Protein sources are very hard to find. Have you ever gone to a grocery store and asked where their protein is? They probably will laugh at you because it's very hard to find. The only protein source generally that I can think of in a gas station is beef jerky. I mean, truly, right? What, what else can you find? There's bread, there's sugar, there's chips, there's, you know what I mean? But if you're Maybe actually- hot dog, But from the hot dog, the a third of the hot dog is protein and everything else is just carbohydrates and- nasty. Whatever else. Yeah, but so, <laughs> so again, so this is like, yeah. this is just a conversation. It's very sensitive and, and we understand and it is very hard. So protein probably takes the most planning. Great. Well- we appreciate you joining us today. And if you didn't join us live, we hope that you enjoyed the replay and just know that there is more to come on Monday. We will be in the third. Yeah. The third of our four part mini series. And on Monday, we'll be talking about everyone's probably favorite carbohydrates. So join us on Monday where we will get a little bit more um, into carbohydrates. So you can bring your popcorn then that fits. Um, but for now, we appreciate you joining us and we hope you have a great and wonderful day with lots of protein. Bye everyone. Ciao.